Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I'm Josh Buchan. Today we're looking at Yevamot 87. So one of the really amazing things about the Jewish tradition is that it's able to provide people with support and with a framework for helping them understand and process the various aspects of, of their lives. And I think we see this sort of most noticeably in times of transition, right? Like when someone passes away, we have, we have burial rituals and we have Shiva as a way of sort of marking the transition and also sort of giving people sort of the, the mourners specifically, but the wider community as well, really space to process and mourn and uh, really kind of terms with, with the, the, the loss, you know, but we see this from other ways as well, right? Like, uh, a, you know, a bar mitzvah marked the transition, uh, a bris marked the transition, right? It's a way of sort of welcoming this new baby into the world. And one of the things that I think is really, really amazing about the, the Gemara is that we sometimes have these glimpses where we sort of see this same framework, the same sort of desire to sort of provide people with, with sort of help and support when they need it, reflected in the Gemara. And we actually have a great example today on, uh, on, on as I said, Yevamot 87a. We have this interesting source here, uh, and it begins like this. It says, our rabbis taught. So in the case of the daughter of a priest who has been married and is now subsequently divorced, when she returns to her father's house, right, this is after, after the divorce, uh, she returns to partaking of the truma, but she does not return to partaking of the breast or the, or the back legs of the peace offering. So the case here, just to just give it a little more background, she's been married to a non-priest. So that, that doesn't really matter for the drosh I want to make, but just, you know, just to sort of be, be honest with what the text is saying, right? And then when she comes back, she now gets to return to partaking truma, which is the specifically priestly offering. And... The thing that I find to be so amazing and so beautiful about this section is that now this is this is sort of my own drosh on it is really that the tradition is saying that you know this person who's coming back under her father's house after sort of this rather large transition right she's been married she's physically been living with someone else she her her life is sort of wrapped up in this other person and now that that relationship has ended she she comes back she returns home. And you know the the transition that that's being marked here is really it's really profound. I mean, it's more than just simply moving apartments. And sort of the way that I, I understand what it means here when we talk about Truma, when we talk about her being able to once again sort of eat at her father's table and sort of eat the the sort of food which he's which he's which he's eating is really talking about parental support and the way that sort of the Jewish community. Uh, here, you know, we have the priestly community or the or the, the Tanakama or the rabbis of the Gemara or however you want to frame it, sort of really being concerned with and really looking after uh, someone who's in a really vulnerable place in their lives. And I think it's a, a pretty profound statement here of sort of 
a recognition of a communal responsibility as well as a, a sort of family responsibility to really take care uh, of people in our midst who are sort of going through these really difficult rocky transitions. And sort of the Gemara goes on to further to, to sort of uh, uh, further the, further this point. So the next part that we have here, we said we have an opinion by Rav Chista. Rav Chista said that Ravina Bar Sha'ela said, what is the verse that sort of alludes to the halacha above? And we cite a verse from Leviticus that says, she may not eat of that which is set apart from the sacred things, which comes to teach us from which we can infer that which is separated from the sacred things, meaning the offerings given to a priest, she may not eat, right? So Rav Nachman said that Rav Bar-Avu Bar said that this halacha, which we just learned, actually comes from a different source, and he sort of brings up this verse from Leviticus that says, she may not eat of her father's bread, and what this means in his interpretation is that she may not eat all bread, meaning this excludes the case of the, of the breast and the back legs, as we said, that, you know, the back legs of the peace offering, which she's unable to eat, even though she is able to eat truma. And sort of the way that I, I, I understand this is it's talking about the limitations of, of this support. And, you know, I think it's really phenomenal to see the ways that the Gemara is sort of instructing us to live our lives, that someone should return to their house and should have a place to go. And the parents should still remember that something has shifted for this person, and therefore something shifts in their dynamic. So before, whereas she was able to sort of eat from the full plate, now that she's back, they're sort of recognizing that she's in a different place. And this sort of subtle little choice is actually, you know, an indication of the, of the, of the family really recognizing that now she is, she is somewhere else. And the Gemara sort of goes on to make this point even, even more explicit. So Rami Barhama objects to this, right? He says that that last verse that we brought from Leviticus is actually coming to talk about the, the nullification of vows. And, you know, there's a problem for him because we can't really have this one verse indicating these two different things. So he sort of has to find a different way to understand it. And uh, Rava sort of responds to him and says, no, actually, we learn, about, we learn about vows from somewhere else, right? We learn about this from the sort of teaching from the school of Rabbi Yishmael. And here we, ha- here we have it. As the school of Rabbi Yishmael taught, uh, this is going to be a verse from, from Numbers chapter 30, verse 10, where he says, but the vows of a widow or of a divorcee shall stand against her. And he goes on to sort of explain this verse. He said, what, what is the meaning of the, of the verse? What is the meaning when the verse states this? And it means that she, the woman who has been divorced, she was removed from the category from the sort of uh, being under the under the authority, really under the house of her father, when she married her husband, and now she has likewise been removed from the house of the one who was her husband, and she is no longer with him. So here we we sort of see the Gemara going even a step further and really delineating, you know, the transition and sort of the journey that this woman has been on, and you know, again, I just find this to be a profound lesson of of both the Gemara's sense of emotional intelligence and also sort of a beautiful lesson which we can all take into our own lives right when, when we come across people who are in transitioning or just got who or, or who have just gone through some transition you know we should be aware of of our need as a community to support them and also to recognize you know that something has changed that something has shifted and uh you know i hope that we can sort of really learn learn from this from this piece of torah here to to embody this in all of our in all of our day-to-day acts. 
So thank you so much for listening. This has been the Daily Daf Differently. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.